1: Ditto heads. I knew that Attention, Bo Scouts. Closed by the and Bo Nerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
2: She is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush Rush. Now here's Boz Nerdly. And welcome to Bo Nerdly's Rush Hour on this President's Day here on WABC's. If you want to be part of the program, 800 848 WABC is the number to call. 800 848 9222. President's Day. All over the United States. Scott, what was, uh, what, what. How did President's Day come into being? hello little history question. I have absolutely down. no idea. Oh, well, please don't tell me well, that. I mean,
3: there were two. Oh, I do know. I do know. There was Washington's birthday and there was Lincoln's birthday that were celebrated in February, and they combined them. Why did uh, they combine them? I'm assuming to create Martin Luther King Day. You see, you did know. Well, I did. I, I assumed.
2: Well, your assumption is. <laughs> Usually, assume means that ASS, you and me, makes an ass out of you and me. But today, it didn't. You You actually got it right. Now, I have never gone along with this idea of President's Day. To me, this is like having a participation trophy. You can be the worst president in the world, and we have had some doozies in the White House, and yet you're still included in the bunch. And it also takes away, in my view, and has taken away from the special nature of the presidency of George Washington. There's a great article on WABC Radio's website today about George Washington and his rules for civility and his virtues. It takes away from the civility. I mean, it takes away from the special nature of his presidency, of George Washington, and why he was as he is being called and was calling the day, first in blah, blah, first in blah, blah, first in the hearts of his countrymen, first in peace, first in war, first in war, first in peace, first in the hearts of his countrymen. I had a mental block when I first started. <laughs> like, wait, first in what? <laughs> and it also takes away from how special Abraham Lincoln's presidency was two pivotal moments that into the to the union that we have today the american union if george washington had not been successful the birth of america may not have occurred at all or it would have certainly been much later and not worked out the way that it did if not for the presidency of abraham lincoln america would not have stayed a union and i think now is an excuse for those two presidents to get lost their accomplishments to get lost with this President's Day business. I've never agreed with this. I always thought it was a bad idea. And, of course, I would like to offer a prayer for former President Jimmy Carter. It was announced yesterday that Jimmy Carter, after a few brief hospital stays, he's 98 years old, had elected to go home to be surrounded by his loved ones and enter hospice. The Secret Service, one of the Secret Service, put out um, officials put out a very, very touching uh, reply and a message said that you know the Secret Service will oh, we we will forever be with you, Mr. President, or something to that effect. But it was touching. Now, I remember when I considered Jimmy Carter the worst president in my lifetime. That was before President Clinton. That was before President Obama. And certainly before President Biden. But I think in terms of a post-presidency, one cannot argue that even though once in a while Jimmy Carter would make some pretty mean, nasty statements about Bush, he certainly tried to undermine President Bush 43, and he certainly made some horrible statements about President Trump. But aside from those those statements, the work that Jimmy Carter did as a private citizen with Habitat for Humanity and in trying to ensure that everyday people had a chance at a better life, I don't think we've seen anything like that in a post-presidency. At least not in our lifetimes. So, as he prepares to make his transition, I hope that, uh, you know, the nation can offer, uh, gratitude for the life of Jimmy Carter and prayers that he has a smooth transition into his next life. And certainly one thing about Jimmy Carter, you may not agree with his politics. You may not agree, as we didn't, as I didn't, certainly with the, a lot of the policies, the giving away of the Panama Canal, the the naked grant of amnesty to draft Dodgers, the gas lines that took place around the country during his term, the, the, the inflation, the the index of misery surrounding his economic policies. All of that we can remember. But Jimmy Carter was not, never has struck me as being a corrupt politician. In other words, all his policies were generally bad because of his ideology and what he thought. It wasn't, I don't think we ever had to question during Carter's presidency, for instance, if he had sold out foreign power, we might have thought that his decision to, to give away the Panama Canal was particularly bad and, and left wing and off course. But it, we, no one questioned his motives. Like, oh, you're selling it. You're closing the Panama Canal because you are selling out to a foreign nation. At least I don't remember that being the case. Maybe it did happen and I just am oblivious to it, or I don't recall that in history. I think that there was was a consensus that he was not the greatest president, but I don't think there was a consensus that he was anything but a decent human being who meant well, good intentions and all of that. So I certainly, um, I, looking back on Jimmy Carter, things have changed. I'll tell you what. I take a Jimmy Carter any day over what we had from the Democrats afterwards, after Bill Clinton, after I take a Carter over, oh, certainly over Obama and certainly over Biden, many times over Joe Biden. So we wish Jimmy Carter well. If you'd like to weigh in, by the way, on this Business of Presidents Day, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Again, I think it detracts from the greatness of two of our greatest presidents, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And, yes, I am aware of George Washington's flaws. Yeah, I know. He was a slaveholder. I know he was a slaveholder. Yes, I, I know that. I know all about the slave court, not all about, but I certainly know about the slave quarters at, uh, at Mount Vernon. In fact, there was a, a, a biography of Washington that I read and they tried to make it like, uh, the head slave there was, was kind of just palsy with Washington. And it was just like one of those, you know, good boy with his master relationships. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, you talk about a revisionist history. He was a capitalist, and he used human capital immorally. And so that was that part of his life and that part of his history. It doesn't take away from what he did in terms of making sure that this union came into being. But it was part but Virginia, oh, Virginia has some history. And then there was the relationship that he had with Thomas Jefferson, which is totally interesting. Viewed Jefferson as his son. Jefferson ended up backstabbing him, politically speaking. George Washington, in love with another woman besides Martha for most of his life. The letters between here and and Mrs. Fairfax. Of course, the Fairfax, that name is still known in Virginia. You have Fairfax County in Virginia. But I digress. Two great presidents, Lincoln and Washington, should have been able to stand out, each for different reasons, and each having a holiday where their life history could be taught rather than lumped in with just the presidents. I mean, we don't have a holiday for the senators. We don't have a congressman's day. We don't have a senator's day. And to me, this is not a country that was founded so that we could worship presidents like monarchy. We shouldn't have a president today. But if there's individual achievement that merits a holiday, then okay. Boy, I tell you, if I could wave that magic wand that Obama used to talk about, (laughs) things would change. All right, 800-848-W-A-B-C is the number, 800-848-W-A-B-C. Uh, Mayor Adams has been on the warpath. He's been, you know, trying to shove it to, uh, Ron DeSantis, taking little cheap shots at DeSantis. DeSantis was in, uh, Staten Island. And at the same time, uh, Adams is out trying to put together a commercial so that the DNC can have their convention here. Boy, I would love to write that commercial for the DNC to come to New York. Come on, come to New York, please, Democrats, come. Let's see what you've created. Unsafe streets, bring your body armor while you're here. And if you happen to get stabbed, shot, murdered, please sign a release so that you cannot come after us. Please come to New York where you can shoplift and do all the stealing that you want because our woke prosecutors don't want to bother you if you're just a petty average criminal And even if you're a repeat felon, this is your place. Come, crooks, to New York. The DNC, you belong here with your fellow crooks. I'd love to do the commercial asking the DNC to come here. James Golden, A.K.A. Sterling, we're coming back. It's both service rush hour. We'll be back right after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
1: James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is
4: the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush,
3: Rush.
2: brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77 Hold the Line On time, As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden, president of these United States, paid a trip over to uh, Ukraine. He, it was announced he was going to Poland. He made a surprise trip to Ukraine. Russia was told a few hours in advance of his getting there. And uh, one of the things, though, that he said in there, I'll just get this quote. Before I ask this quote, let me just ask a question. i like to grill the staff. Jason, do you have a uh, pension plan that you're invested in? Mm, Not the pension plan, I don't think. Uh, 401K I have going. Yeah, that's your individual thing, but you don't have a pension. Mm, No. Yeah, Scott, do you have a pension plan anywhere?
3: Uh, No, no, no pension.
2: No pension. Hmm, Okay, well, you'll be interested, you guys, to know. That well, just listen to what what the president said. He talked about the money that we've been the billions and billions and billions of dollars that we have been pouring into Ukraine. I have to ask Diego. Diego, do you have a Diego? Do you have a pension plan anywhere? Uh, Diego, you have a pension plan? I don't even have no, Long, no, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. I don't have anything. <laughs> No <laughs> I don't I got I got nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> okay, so so pay attention, boys, and I use the term in a non racist way. Pay attention, boys. Uh the, the president, while over in Ukraine talking about the billions and billions and billions of dollars that we're sending over to Ukraine, said this of the billions of dollars. He said it's going to deliver much needed humanitarian assistance as well as food and water, medication, medicine, shelter, and to aid Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war, to provide aid to those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. It's also going to help schools and hospitals open, it's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people. So they have something, something in their pocket. So you see, we don't have money. We don't have money for those old homeless people out in L.A. By the way, Culver City, L.A., nice, compassionate City out there on the left coast is just banned homeless uh, encampments on the streets there. But unless you're a member of a big union and you're getting a a, a freebie from the Biden, because they have been doing that, your pension, forget about it. You don't have pension. Nobody's thinking about you and your pension, but we, American citizens, are paying for the pensions and other things for the good people of Ukraine. I thought you just might like to know so that you can put things in your perspective. See how generous you are. You don't even have your own pensions, but you're going to pay for pensions. People you've never met, people that you have no allegiance to, on the other side of the world. Isn't that lovely? I'm going to sleep better at night now,
4: knowing that they're taken
2: care of over there. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. That's exactly right. Does
4: this mean we all
3: have to put the uh, Ukraine flag on the back of our car, the bumper sticker?
2: Well, you might want I mean, to. You so know what? Yeah,
4: if I can, if I can claim to be Ukrainian now, be like, I can, I can get I Ukrainian can citizenship, citizenship from this. I can be like, yo, I pay taxes for them. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe
4: that'd you, be great. You, say, you
2: know,
3: I, that's a good idea. Everyone in the United States should get honorary Ukrainian citizenship. Yes, we can just yes, we go should. There whenever we want to, we get unlimited visas. We can do whatever we can. We can own land, do whatever we want.
2: Yeah, well, just take over and get a pension paid for by the United States government. Woo. Yeah. All right. Here's another question: As we grill the staff about history, when did America begin? Give me a year. This is easy.
4: What does that mean? Like, America.
2: When did. Just don't, just don't okay. question the questioner. Just answer the question. When did America begin? Give me a year.
4: July 4th, 1776.
2: What say you, Jason?
4: I will also say 1776. What about you, Scott? Well it's obviously a trick question. It's
3: obviously um, what do you a trick mean question it's a trick. obviously. <laughs> um 1492.
2: No, no.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> In
2: 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. But that's about where that ended. And then all the other indigenous people got syphilis, broke out in fevers and were subjected to slave mongering and all kind of stuff. That was 1492. Of course, that's not the real view of history. I'm just saying that's the left view of history. Okay, well, the that question was raised in an article today in the Washington Times. Did America, and none of you got the other answer right, though, the other alternative answer to 1776, which is 1619. You know this business with the sixteen nineteen project um that America really started when the first Africans were brought here in slavery in sixteen nineteen that curriculum is in school, and so there are Hillsdale College has a curriculum which says if they call it the seventeen seventy six curriculum America was you know founded in seventeen seventy six I think both are wrong. I think if you actually wanted to go back and look at the formation of America, you would have to go back a lot further than that. You would have to go back, if you're going to tell the story of the Americas, including South America, North America, you would have to go back 13,000 years or so to tell the, whole, the history. My point is this. You know, we have all these political wars here now, and there's a big article about this. Oh, seventeen, seventy six, sixteen, nineteen. I don't care what you teach on this, there's always room for more truth. Because the and, and no matter how well any curriculum is, it is not going to contain everything. History is an ongoing study. And they're battling the 1676 curriculum as conservative alternative to the liberal 1619. Well, both are incomplete. As any real student of American history would know. The history of the Americas. James O'Keefe, our friend here, said that he is no longer employed. He's packed up his bags from Project Veritas. He started it in his dad's garage in suburban New York back in 2010. And the biggest thing that James O'Keefe did, the first big score was when he went undercover against a network of liberal political groups, alliances, aligned with the Democrat Party called Acorn and exposed them for what they were. And from there, he has continued. Now, I do not know. What the trouble is between James O'Keefe and the board of directors at Project Veritas that, co- that caused him to leave the organization, I do know this. James O'Keefe has been consistently one of the best journalists in America for exposing, including this, I find the timing odd. It was after this big Pfizer expose. And all of a sudden, O'Keefe is in trouble? Hmm. Hmm, I say. Marjorie Taylor Greene is back in the news. She says that the red states and the blue states should divorce. We need a, a, a national divorce, she said. She put this on Twitter. From the sick and disgusting woke culture issues shoved down our throats to the Democrats' traitorous. America's last politics we're done she said in another tweet this is incredibly insulting today on our president's day the president of the United States chose Ukraine over America while forcing the American people to pay for Ukraine's government war I cannot express how much Americans hate Joe Biden now this is where I draw the line with Marjorie Taylor Green I am not about hate I'm not about hating anybody and so you may hate him Marjorie and and some of you may hate the president I do not hate Joe Biden. I don't hate people. the policies I find disgusting and I am with you when you talk about the policies but when you start talking about hating people, Leave me out of it. Your phone call is coming up. James Golden, A.K.A. Sterling, if you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll get your calls pretty quickly. Hundreds of New Jersey residents have rallied, by the way, against green energy stuff, these wind turbines. You know why? There are lots of dead whales washing up in New Jersey. And they want answers. They don't know whether these wind turbines... You can play that music. You can, you can give us some tower power here. And they don't know whether these wind turbines are causing it. Soul vaccination takes us in. <laughs> tower power. Soul a vaccination on WABC.
3: Take in transit
1: okay off to new jersey and clifton stop and go in the garden state parkway southbound before exit 154 to exit 149 gwb inbound upper 10 to 15 lower 5 to 10 outbound heavy lincoln inbound doing fine outbound 20 to 30 minutes
2: bob yo how are you i'm good who is your favorite president <sighs> favorite
1: i have two of them actually who are they um i'm gonna go i have Franklin Roosevelt. The dude, just Did like, you
2: really just say FDR? FDR.
1: Think of what that man put up with. Think, Think about of it. what that man did. I know. He was a racist. He was an anti-Semitic, I heard. I know. I know. JF, uh, JFK. I like JFK. I'm not even talking
2: he's, about that part of it. I mean, he was a Democrat. Let's just assume he was a racist. But, <laughs> <laughs> and anti-Semitic, right? Right. Let's just assume that. I mean, he's a Democrat. That's not what I'm talking about. Who my I'm fav- talking about <laughs> this move. You're talking about the grandfather of socialism. Wait a minute. You said who is my favorite president? Are right. you
1: talking about right now
2: in the recent years? Or no, just... who was historically? Okay, FDR was I'm gonna one. Go, he, I'm going with FDR, really. You're going to go with FDR. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, think of the challenges that man was faced with. A depression, World War II. My God. The world was like, oh, the, America was on the verge of uh, coming to an end.
2: No. Yeah, yeah. World War Two. Yeah. I mean, forget it. It was it was awful. Okay, we're okay. So we got after you. Who's the other one? Well, you know, I. Geez, you know
1: who I like? Who? Okay, and I, I'm a conservative Democrat. I'm saying it now on the air. I like Nixon. I always like Nixon.
2: I like Nixon. I too. Think he Nixon's was a cool. I people. think
1: Nixon. I think Nixon was a very good president. I really do. Now, did he take his time trying to get us out of the Vietnam War? Did he take a little too long with that? Maybe, but he did eventually get us out. He got us out. Johnson wasn't getting us out. I'll tell you that. That wasn't happening.
2: Okay. So, so FDR uh, and Nixon. Yeah, that's I, an I, interesting I, I, choice. I like, I like Nixon. You know, I
1: uh, I go for the I go for the person, the woman or the man. I get. I'm not a party person, really. You know what I mean? Who's ever, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I officially, if you want to call me a conservative Democrat, that's what I am. But they call
2: you Blue Dogs. Is that what they name conservative yeah, that's Democrats? Yeah, that's what they are. They're Blue Dogs.
1: They're Blue Dogs. I did not call me a Blue mm-hmm. Dog. Yeah,
2: Blue Dog Democrats.
1: But, I, you know, I go uh, either way. Either way. I mean, again, I, Nixon, I, I really like Nixon. I know I, I had a hard time explaining that to friends. You know, like, are you out of your mind? Especially in yeah, the water... Oh, my God. You got to be... It, it was a mental... Game. I mean... I don't know. Listen, you know, everyone's, what president didn't have his hangups or whatever, please. I don't know. <laughs> and what president didn't have a tape recorder? Didn't they say FDR had a tape recorder behind the desk? Uh, he probably right? had a lot of things. He had behind one on of the first yes. ones, I think. No, seriously, I think he had one of the first recorders.
2: Yeah, and Eleanor Roosevelt had a few things behind the desk, too, but we don't want to yes, talk about that.
1: Right, we don't. It's a family program.
2: Yes. Okay. uh Where was I? Uh I guess everything's
1: fine for now. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit
0: Update.
1: It's the Rush Hour with Bo nerdly Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo nerdly.
2: Wally Badu. Brings us back. This is called Highlight on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know, I love that question Who's your favorite president? And no matter what answer you have. It's the right one because, of course, it's subjective. It's your favorite president. Keep that music rolling for a little bit. All right. Grow the staff again. Scott, who is your favorite president?
3: Well, I am a convert to conservatism. Okay. I enjoyed the first term of Obama. What? I did. What? I did. Are you racist? You can't say that. Uh Clinton. <laughs> and I felt Reagan very comfortable. You know, being that was I was, you know, well what, what would I have been? Four to twelve or so when he was president. So he's kind of like, you know, the default president I grew up with. Now, now you can dig into me about Obama. Go ahead. i um, I'm, s- I was a huge Obama fan, huge Obama fan, in his, in his first term.
2: Okay, good. So, Bob, you, 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 with this FDR thing, I'm still stuck. Uh, yeah, my mind uh,
1: yeah. You guys are still s- talking about presidents, I hear, right? Yes. Mm. Okay, I just took a swing of water. I have a Nixon story for you. If you have a second,
2: I have a, I have a second. What's your Nixon okay, story? Maybe, maybe it's a minute.
1: So, I don't know, maybe about 15 years ago or something like that, 20, maybe 15, I was uh, chauffeuring for a company, had an early morning job to the uh, local airport, had a job, was in Park Ridge, New Jersey. You know Park Ridge, New Jersey? That's where the yes. president retired to, right, Right? when he was out of office. He actually lived in Manhattan for a while, then he went to Park Ridge. You know, he was very famous for taking his morning walks. Remember right. in the city, you would, oh, we saw Nixon walking, and right? So I had this job in Parkridge, New Jersey. It's five am. I, I dark out, couldn't see a thing. you know, go into the complex. I go up to my customer's house and I go into the driveway and the customer opens the door. Light goes on, and I get out of the car and I say the I uh, kind of a yell out to the customer, "Good morning, sir." And then all of a sudden I hear a voice coming from the street, "Good morning. And I look around, and there's Nixon taking his morning constitution in the dark, wearing big snow boots. There was really no snow on the ground, but he's like (laughs) chugging up and down the block. And uh, even the uh, my customers said, "Oh my 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 God! I've been living here five years, and I never saw him. This is the first time." So anyway, that was my Nixon story. Quite cool. It was it was cool for me. I'm I'm saying, "Good morning, sir." Good morning. And there he, you turn around, there he is, chugging up and down the street. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, there was it was yeah. a clean story, right? No, it was no uh, yeah clean, and there's it was no B.B. No fam- Rebozo right, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a family type story, so I just want to get that one out there.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, no B.B. Rebozo, like I said. Yeah, yes. Okay, Scott, I'm okay. We're Scott, back. Obama, I, Obama, I think it's because I really oh didn't Obama
3: like Bush the second. I I found him so objectionable in the way that he couldn't speak. Like, he just came off, to me, watching him, he came off as dumb. And I couldn't get past that. And here was this... Very articulate. Clean articulate <laughs> You took the words can... right out of my mouth.
2: <laughs> Clean articulate guy <laughs> that can speak with the Negro dialect. Yeah, and that's wasn't. what Harry Reid said about Obama. He knows how to speak the Negro dialect when he has to.
3: And it wasn't until his second term that I really that was what when I when I flipped to conservative was when I saw what he was really doing. That's that's when I was
2: like, hmm,
3: I'm really not on board with this.
2: Okay. Diego? Before
4: before I say I got you play a little dev, devil's advocate you know because policies are a thing when when picking a president people go with like who they like as a person they like does that make sense That's why a lot of like yes, anti Trump is
2: called a likability factor. It is a exactly, major thing in politics,
4: which is exactly why in my naive days I will admit I also. I, in my naive days, liked Obama, but like um, like Scott said a little later after, after I found out what he was doing, I was like, eh, maybe not. But my favorite president, uh, George Washington. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Jason. My favorite president, President Donald Trump. Why? Because of the hours and hours of entertainment that I've gotten out of him. <laughs> the memes, the sound bites, the the, the the great talks with family and friends, both positive and negative. So definitely a lot of entertainment value and conversation starters.
2: I must admit, I am stunned by the answers that I have gotten on this program today. A few quick things, and then we're going to break it in. Your calls will take us the rest of the program. I'm going to put all the rest of the news I have stacked up until tomorrow, and get some of those highlight stories. But FDR, Bob mentioned, and I understand why people think FDR was a great president. I get that, especially World War II. But here's what a lot of people don't get. FDR prolonged the Depression. He didn't end it. His economic policies, the New Deal, the New Deal was America's introduction into socialism. And it has been nonstop. He was the grandfather of socialism in America. Lyndon Baines Johnson took it to the next level with the great society. And we are still paying the price as a nation for FDR's economic folly and for his willingness to take America into socialism. That is FDR to me. Those are the two that was among the fact that, and by the way, he didn't even... Do you know that we – he didn't even let his vice president know what was going on knowing that he was in frail health. Wouldn't even – Harry Truman had no clue as to where we were with the development of the A-bomb or anything else. So that's an aside. So let me see some of the other names that were mentioned. And by the way, you could do this with every president. You can go by and pick out their strengths and pick out their weaknesses. Nixon. A lot of people, I love Richard Nixon. That said, I think Richard Nixon was the last big president that we had when it comes to foreign policy. With, I mean, a global understanding of geopolitics. And, I mean, he understood it. The problem is that when he went to Venezuela in, in his during his vice presidency, he almost got killed down there. But he understood, and he talked about, how the South American experiments into socialism economy are going to be dangerous for this hemisphere and dangerous for us, he understood, but let us not forget Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard richard and and, and by the way, you talk about the impact of that we 're still dealing with all this fake money that has us trillions of dollars in debts, and part of that, to me, is because Nixon took us off the gold standard. Who gave us OSHA? Who gave us the EPA? Who gave us affirmative action? That's a quiz. I should quiz the staff one more time. Just basically, who was the president that gave us OSHA? Who was the president that gave us the EPA? And who was the president that gave us affirmative action? Scott?
3: That would be Bob Brown's uh, favorite, Richard Nixon.
2: That's exactly right. So for all that's good about Nixon, yeah, keep that in mind too. And again, we could do this with every single president. Now, of course, I'm shocked that nobody. Well, you did mention Reagan; you felt comfortable with him. <laughs> Which?
3: Well, I don't. I don't really feel like I should be giving an opinion on him when I was like
2: ten. I mean, I agree, but the fact that you felt comfortable with Reagan I was is a very good comfortable thing.
3: with. Oh, and. and... And my, my my I've I've talked to you in private about how liberal my parents are. Right. When I was three in the voting booth, I yanked the handle for Reagan. So your first president to yes. vote. Yeah. Frauders. And she was so mad. She was irate. She, she pushed it back up. I don't even so we we didn't know if it, what what counted and what didn't, but she pushed it back up and, and yanked the, the Carter handle. And she was she was mad at me for like a week after that.
2: I love it. (laughs) James Golden, AK, Snurley, coming back. Your call is coming right up. We're going to do rapid phone, so here's what I need you to do. If you're on hold, stay on hold. I'm going to ask you to get to your point in about 30 or 40 seconds. Make your point, and we're going to get as many calls as possible before we get out of here. It's on President's Day. We're having some fun here. WABC, James Golden, AK, Snurley, with you on both Snurley's Rush Hour, coming right back.
3: Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense, a pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snerdly.
1: This is the Rush
4: Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush.
2: All right, we're going to head to the telephones as promised, but I do have just one more question. Oh, Chris just walked in. Hey, Chris. I've been playing grill the staff all, all day about President's Day. So, Chris, I have a question for you on Grill the Staff. Vlog, sorry, Bob. I got a question for you since it's Grow the Staff Day here on WABC for President's Day. Okay. What was Richard Nixon's nickname? Tricky Dick. He didn't hesitate. <laughs> Who was your favorite president, real quick? I don't know. I liked uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. Okay, we got one in for Bush 41.
4: There you go.
5: Thank you so much.
2: Right. Cool.
1: Am I on the, the air again? We're yes, talking Bob. Presence. Remember when Nixon was on laughing? Suck it to me.
2: Suck it to me. Remember Sock that? it to me. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> By the way, speaking about Nixon, um, you know, he opened the gates to China. The Chinese loved him. Remember that?
2: Yeah, they should. That's oh, when they... they
1: loved Nixon.
2: Yeah, after he opened up China with the help of Dr. Kissinger right and 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 now look what it's got us i don't know look what it's got. yeah us, i do you know? okay tom in <laughs> woodbridge new jersey thank you welcome to our president's day rush hour how are you uh
5: reasonably well uh very briefly uh with regard to the war in ukraine uh i want to point your direction to one of the former reagan administration officials dr paul craig roberts he actually actually uh Fathered Reaganomics, but he's also an expert on foreign policy, surprisingly enough. Um so, basically, his take on the uh, war in Ukraine is that we really engineered that situation. How? If you recall, Victoria Nuland, who's now in the State Department in the United States under the Biden administration, bragged publicly about wasting $5 billion U.S. tax dollars to overthrow a democratically elected government in Ukraine and then have Ukraine draw closer to the NATO alliance. Now, why is this significant? Because when you look at the situations going on geopolitically relative to Russia, it's the inverse of the Cuban missile crisis back in the 60s. Russia sees Ukraine as a dagger pointed straight at its geopolitical heart. They cannot tolerate. They cannot tolerate having uh, a NATO membership Ukraine on its border. With possibility of forward-deployed tactical nuclear weapons aimed at its major st- cities and strategic uh, military locations inside of its territory, it's the same situation we were facing back in the 1960s. I made
2: that can- point earlier on in the in in the conflict that if one were to be fair, one would have to look at Ukraine and look at its close relation uh, in in geo terms in geographic terms, to Russia and look at what our reaction was when Russia tried to plant nuclear weapons in Cuba 90 miles away from our border. So you're absolutely right about that. Tom, I'd like to discuss it further with you. I'm going to get some more calls in today. Let's go to Bill in Long Island. Bill, you're up next.
5: Yes, hello, James. It's a pleasure to speak to you. You're, you're really a gentleman and a student of history. Um, I wanted to agree with you regarding President's Day And I just wanted to make the comment about the greatness of George Washington. If you read, I've read several books about him and every time I read a book about him, I'm more and more impressed with what a great man he was. And uh, I guess to quote Rush Limbaugh, he used to say that liberals' um, uh, um, knowledge of history began when when they were born, so that these liberals don't understand the greatness of George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. And the fact that if it wasn't for these two men, Washington established, uh, having established the union and um, Lincoln um, supporting the union and, and defending the union, who knows if slavery in some form may still be in existence
2: today. Thank you for the call. And you're, I would love to just have a free three-hour conversation on American history someday on the Saturday show because you're absolutely right on both points. And I, let me just add this that if you do read the biographies, I mean, the, the book I was referring to earlier was Citizen Washington. There was another that went to Washington's complete history. Now, Citizen Washington is one of these new type history books where you get these fictionalized accounts mixed with history. But if you go to the straight history books on Ra- on Washington, what you find is a man, again, a flawed man that rose beyond his flaws to becoming a truly great, and I will point to you like this. There are very few people in the history of the world that were granted the power that Washington was granted and turned it down. He could have stayed for another term. He did not. He could have become king and monarch of America. He did not, and he chose exactly opposite, and if you want to go to a real historical Point, look at uh, the role that Washington played when he was the quote, unquote the titular head not participant in the in the in the uh, the Congress in as we were going through the process of ratifying the Constitution Let's see Jeff Forrest Hills 30 seconds make it count yes sir I think we should just everybody should have
5: one day like President's Day. Black History Month, Gay Pride Month, you get a day. You don't need a whole month to talk about all that. We already know what went on with the blacks. We did better with all this. And we already know what gay people do and how, how they have to live and have their rights. You don't need a whole month. We need everybody month. Everybody get together and celebrate with everyone.
2: I like the, the idea of having, I like the idea of having America month. But let me just say something to you. When Black History Month first became a curriculum in schools, it was sorely needed because of the lack of history, true history, in American textbooks. So one of these days we can talk about that a little bit further as well. But it was sorely needed back then. Again, prayers for Jimmy Carter as he goes through his transition. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so happy to have you here. For our Monday a Rush Hour, we'll be back throughout the week at 4 o'clock. Tell your friends about us, please. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you. I have some friends that are going through some really deep times in terms of health crises. their relatives, so I'm praying for them too and for anybody else that's going through it. Today also I wanted to say, Mom, it's your second anniversary in heaven. I love you. Be back tomorrow. Bye.